articles. Uh, I found one entitled The ABCs of Yom Kippur. 15 things every Jew needs to know about Yom Kippur. A, a crash course on Yom Kippur. There are many articles uh, on topics such as fasting, on doing teshuva or repentance. Other articles uh, focused on the different services held throughout today and uh, tonight and tomorrow and those prayers that are said on this most holy day. When we look at tradition, it tells us that the first Yom Kippur took place there at Mount Sinai when Moshe <coughs> uh, spent 80 days. He had two 40-day uh, stints up on the mountain, if you remember the story there in Shemot, after the children of Israel uh, committed the sin of creating the golden calf. And Moshe went up and cried out to God for mercy, and that's where we get those 13 attributes of God that they're revealed to us in that passage. And it is said by tradition that that all occurred on Yom Kippur. Vayikra 23, uh, Leviticus 23, uh, gives to us the different feasts of the Lord and how to observe them. And this is what it says about the day of Yom Kippur. The tenth day of the seventh month, that's today that begins tonight. Remember on the Jewish calendar, the day begins evening uh, to, to morning. <coughs> you are to have a holy convocation. You are to deny yourselves, and you are to bring an offering made by fire to Adonai. You are not to do any kind of work on that day because it is Yom Kippur to make atonement for you before Adonai, your God. Anyone who does not deny himself on that day is to be cut off from his people. And anyone who does any kind of work on that day, I will destroy from among his people. You are not to do any kind of work. It is a permanent regulation to all your generations, no matter where you live. It will be for you a Shabbat of complete rest. And you are to deny yourselves. You are to rest on Shabbat from evening the ninth of day of the month until the following evening. As we go through this passage here in Vayikra 23, we see three things, three requirements that are listed. First is to call a holy convocation. That's why synagogues across the world uh, are gathering together tonight, people in the synagogues, to worship and calling a holy convocation to Adonai. The second thing is denying yourself. Uh, most of us begin a fast tonight. Uh, some of you may not uh, medically be able to do that. Our younger ones are uh, obviously not going through a whole fast, but most of us begin the fast, denying ourselves, starting with uh, tonight. And the third thing that is required here in this passage is a sacrifice, which we will talk about here in a few minutes. As we go through the rest of the Hebrew Scriptures, we see that Yom Kippur is mentioned again in Vayikra Leviticus chapter 25. Here in this chapter, it is talking about the Yovel year or the Jubilee year. And in the Jubilee year, on the day of Yom Kippur, you are to blow the shofar in order to announce that this is a Yovel year, a Jubilee year. The other time that Yom Kippur is mentioned is in Shemot, Exodus chapter 30. And this is when Adonai is giving the instructions to Moshe to make all of the articles to go into the tabernacle. And when it is talking about the, uh, the altar, it says there in verse 10, Aharon is to make atonement on its horns once a year. What day is once a year that he's talking about? The day of Yom Kippur. 
with the blood of the sin offering of atonement. He is to make atonement for it once a year through all your generations. Notice that's being repeated. It's a continual thing to be going on year after year, generation after generation. It is especially holy to Adonai. Finally, when we look at Vayikra, Leviticus chapter 16, it gives us the most details about the sacrifices to be offered on this most holy of days. When we read through the regulations in chapter 16, it talks about cleansing. And it brings to to mind the question, what do we need to be cleansed from? When you are cleansing something in your home, it's usually because it's dirty. It's something that has become soiled or stained. So the cleansing that is being spoken of here in Value Cross 16 is a spiritual cleansing. So I just want to look at two verses from this chapter and share briefly with you before we conclude with our remaining liturgy. So verses 29 and 30 of Value Cross, Leviticus chapter 16. It is to be a permanent regulation for you. On the 10th day of the seventh month, you are to deny yourselves and not do any kind of work both the citizen and the foreigner living with you. For on this day, atonement will be made for you to purify you. You will be clean before Adonai from all your sins. Here we are told that atonement is made in order to purify us and to make us clean before Adonai because of our sins. So why do we need atonement? Because we have sin. It's really that simple. We're not pure in our thoughts. Our actions, our deeds, uh, our words. And that becomes a problem when we seek to have a relationship with the creator of the universe. So most Jewish rabbis and synagogues do agree that this holiday is about reconnecting to our creator. And the main focus on how to do that in most traditional synagogues is the three hallmarks of Jewish thought, which would be charity, repentance, and good deeds. And you can throw the fourth one in prayer, which is part of the good deeds. And we know that all of these are important, not just on Yom Kippur, but throughout uh, our daily lives, we should practice all of these things as a part of becoming the people that Adonai has created us to be. However, the question always comes to my mind, do these things really take care of this three-letter word that we have a problem with? And what is that word? S-I-N, sin. A line from the traditional Musaf prayer says, Because we have sinned, we and our forefathers, our city lies in ruin, and our temple is desolate. desolate. Our glory has departed, and the divine presence has been withdrawn from our house of life. This is part of the Amidah in the Musaf service, both on Shabbat and for the festival. And what we see in this line from this prayer is that traditional Judaism recognizes that sin is a problem that the Jewish people have and that that sin has caused desolation. And it says there, the glory has departed (coughs) and the divine presence has departed. So traditional Judaism recognizes that sin has created this separation Uh, between us and our creator, and that the desire in the heart of every Jewish person and in the part of every person is to make that connection to God. The Hebrew word for sin is chata, 
And the basic meaning of this word is simply to miss the mark. And we see this word used in the, the Hebrew scriptures over 580 times. And it, it means that we have not lived up to the expectation. It's used in a, uh, in a civil sense with civil law, that we have broken the civil laws that God gave us. And it's carried over into religious obligations and talks about our failure to keep God's law. And this three-letter word is what has given us a problem, and it is why we need atonement. What leads us to sin? The sages say that a person who, a person will not sin unless a spirit of folly has entered into him. Some people have this attitude. <coughs> Excuse me. Have this attitude about sin. What does God really care whether I sin? If I'm not hurting anyone else, what, why does it bother God? Why does he care about it? If I'm only inflicting upon myself. However, Adonai takes this topic of sin pretty seriously. So much so that he devoted one whole day to dealing with this topic and an entire sacrificial system, which the whole first half of the book of Vayikra talks about. And the system was used throughout the, the time of the Tanakh by our Jewish people. So God thinks our sin is, is a very serious issue, even if we're only inflicting ourselves. Although, if we're honest, and when we go through the Al-Khet tomorrow, which is the longer version... <laughs> For those who have been a part of Beth Emanuel, you will see that all those sins we go through, almost every single one doesn't just impact us, but they affect somebody else in our lives. So God takes sin very seriously. And the reason why is because sin stains us. And more importantly, it keeps us from an intimate personal relationship with Hashem. As that line from the Musaf prayer said, the glory's left, there's no divine presence. We're not connected to God. And the uh, prophet Habakkuk puts it like this, before your holy eyes, God, sin cannot be seen, and you're unable to put up with wrong. And the new covenant tells us that each person, why do we sin? Because each person is tempted. And when he is being dra dragged off, and enticed by the bait of his own desire, then having conceived that desire gives birth to sin, and when sin is fully grown, it gives birth to death. So it tells us that why do we sin? Because we are given into the desires of our flesh, and it leads to death. And people say, what do you mean, Rabbi Carol, death? Well, the writer here is talking about the spiritual death, which is separation from Hashem. Which, again, goes back to what the uh, Musa prayer is saying. God's presence isn't here with us because of our sins and the sins of our forefather. We know that one of the other themes of uh, this holiday is the book of life. Traditional Judaism tells us that the book of life is open on Rosh Hashanah, and it will be closed here on Yom Kippur. And what we have done during these 10 days of awe determines, according to this tradition, 
whether our names will be sealed in this book of life for this new year of 5778 for a good year. But I want to tell you tonight that you can know that your name is in the book of life and that the book of life is more than just a tradition. The book of life is real. It's a reality, and mankind knows, both Jew and, and, and Gentile alike, that sin is something that separates us from the presence of God. Throughout the Hebrew Scriptures and into the New Covenant, we see a description of this book of life. The first time it is given to us is in Shemot, back in the book of Exodus, chapter 32, verses 30-33. And this, again, is connected to the story of the golden calf. And Moshe is distressed over the sin that his people have committed, and he is interceding before God. And it says here that the next day Moshe said to the people, you have committed a terrible sin. Now I will go up to Adonai. Maybe I will be able to atone for your sin. So Moshe went back up to Adonai and he said, please, God, these people have committed a terrible sin. They have made themselves a God out of gold. Now, if you will just forgive their sin, but if you won't, then I beg you, blot me out of the book which you have written. Adonai answered Moshe, those who have sinned against me are the ones I will blot out of my book. What book was Moshe and Adonai talking about? The book of life. And Moshe and Adonai are discussing that it's sin that gets your name blotted out. Adonai said, the person who sins, I'm going to blot them. Moshe, you're not the one who made the golden calf. I'm not going to blot your name out. But that person who sins, their name will be blotted out of this book of life. When we come to the new covenant, we see the book of life mentioned again. And there are other uh, passages, but I just want to share three more here. Revelation 20, 12 the Talmud of Yeshua, Yochanan, saw this vision. He said, I saw the dead, both great and small, standing in front of the throne, and books were open. And another book was open, the book of life. And the dead were judged from what was written in the books according to what they had done. Here is this book again. And then in verse 15, it says, anyone whose name was not found in the book of life was hurled into the lake of fire. We know from Shemot the reason our name won't be in the book of life is because of this problem we have with sin. That, again, goes back to why we need atonement. And finally, looking in Revelation chapter 21, verse 27, we are told that nothing impure may enter into it. What is it? Into heaven, into God's presence. Nor anyone who does shameful things or lies. The only one who may enter are those names those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Wow. So these verses make it very clear that there is this book of life and that if you want to make it into heaven, or let's translate that, if you want to have a relationship with the creator of the universe, your name must be in that book. However, sin will keep you and me from that book and from the relationship with God. Now, I'm sure... Many of you are like me in that you have these beautiful white tablecloths for Shabbat and for the high holy days. And inevitably, someone spills a little grape juice, a little matzo ball soup gets spilled on it. I see uh, them looking around uh, who does it in your household, right? Some brisket juice gets spilled on it. And uh, as much as you try to get those stains out, 
they're not very easy to get out. In fact, when my kids were pulling out, I have about four or five different white ones. They were pulling them out for our Rosh Hashanah dinner. Oh, Mom, this one's staying. Oh, Mom, that one. Which one do you want to use, right? And there have been times where I've taken the, I remember one tablecloth I put into a mixture of uh, OxyClean and water, and I left that thing in there for about four or five days, and it pretty much took the stain out, you know, but uh, they keep coming back <laughs> every year with the more grape juice and thing. And, and so you can scrub and scrub, but there's still like this little remnant, right? I see you all nodding your head because you have the same tablecloth that I have. That's what those runners are for, to put over and <laughs> cover the... The, the, the stain. So there's still that hint of the stain. Well, see, when we do wrong, when we miss the mark, when we sin, it's like, like that stain on my white tablecloth. I can scrub it vigorously trying to eradicate the sin in my thoughts and my attitudes and my actions, actions only to find that there's still this stain in my heart, spiritually speaking. Friends, I have good news for you tonight, though. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. It is about God eradicating the sin in my life, in your life. He knew that we would need atonement, and he put in place a system to atone, to purify, to cleanse us from our sin. How does he do that? Through blood sacrifice. Vayikra Leviticus chapter 17 verse 10 says, For the life of a creature is in the blood, and I have given it to you on the altar to make atonement for yourselves, for it is the blood that makes atonement because of the life. Yes, I need to confess. Yes, I need to repent of my sins. This was always part of the sacrificial system. Whenever you would bring the animal to the priest, you would lay your hands on the animal, and you would confess your sin before the animal was sacrificed and his blood was shed for you. So repentance is always a part of the sacrificial uh, system. So we repent. We repented tonight. Tomorrow we're going to pray one of the longest prayers we've ever prayed in here, repenting of every sin imaginable. And that's good for us to do that. But repentance alone, friends, will not eradicate the sin from your life. There's still going to be that slight stain like in those tablecloths in my closet at home. But when I apply the blood of the sacrifice that God made for me, my sins are truly wiped away. The prophet makes it this way, though your sins be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. See, the problem since 70 CE and the destruction of the temple is that there's been no blood sacrifice in Judaism. But I want to tell you what happened around that time. His name is Yeshua, the Messiah of Israel, and he came to earth and he laid down his life. In other words, he shed his blood as a sacrifice so that your sins and my sins could be eradicated. And the sins of all people, not just Jewish people. The New Covenant puts it this way in Hebrews, Messianic Jews, chapter 9, verses 24 through 26. For the Messiah, meaning Yeshua, entered a holiest place, which is not man-made. In other words, not that tabernacle that Moshe had, not the temple that Solomon built or Herod built. Because they were merely a copy of the true one, which is in heaven. He went into that one in heaven. 
And he did not enter heaven to offer himself over and over and over and over again, like the Kohen Hagadol who had to enter the Holy of Holies year after year after year after year. And that Kohen Hagadol went in with blood that was not his own. See, that's not what Yeshua the Messiah did. He went into that heavenly Holy of Holies with his own blood. And he gave his own blood on that heavenly altar one time. And in doing that, one time, he put an end to sin. Eradicated. Took what was scarlet and made white as snow. That's what Yom Kippur is all about. So not only did Yeshua die for our sins... But he also rose from the dead, and he gives us the hope of eternal life. As one Messianic leader wrote, it is my conviction that in Yeshua the Messiah, the sacrificial requirements were met, an innocent dying for the guilty, a blameless lamb accepted by God, and the severity of sin erased by the shedding of blood. Why do we need atonement? Because we have a problem with the three-letter word, S-I-N, sin. And no matter what you and I do, no matter how much we scrub and try to get rid of those bad thoughts, those bad actions, those bad words, we can only do it for so long. But when we apply the blood of Yeshua's sacrifice on our behalf, our sins are truly washed away. What do you mean applying the blood of Yeshua? I don't get it, Rabbi Carol. It means to trust in Yeshua. It means to have faith that he actually did what he said he did, and to trust him that my sins are forgiven because his, he shed his blood once and for all, and my name is written in the book of life. Those who have been a part of this congregation know that this is a decision I made at a very, very young age. I was six years old when I was first introduced to Yeshua the Messiah. Before that time, my family were pagans. There's no religious background in my family at all. And we moved into a new neighborhood where I grew up. And there was this little congregation literally around the block. Someone came knocking on the door, invited my mother. She took all six of us kids. We went to this service. And there, for the first time in my life, I heard about this Messiah, this Yeshua. And that he loved me so much uh, that he died. Uh, and shed his blood so my sins could be forgiven. And I made the decision then and there that I would trust him and his sacrifice over for my, on my behalf. That was many, many years ago, and over the years since then, I have struggled with sin. <gasps> the rabbi struggled with sin. But I have this assurance, and this is what I want to tell you, and Rabbi Michael will speak more about assurance tomorrow. See, when I do sin, the new covenant tells me that if we acknowledge our sins, then he is faithful, trustworthy, and just to forgive them and to purify us from all wrongdoing. Because that's the relationship we have with him. So that we come as believers in Messiah and we repent and he forgives us once again. So tonight, I, I want to encourage you that you are here today uh, not by accident, not because you normally come here and this is the congregation, not because someone invited you. You're here by divine appointment, and you're here because God wanted you to hear this message about why you need atonement 
And he wants to, to take care of the problem of your sin like he took care of the problem of my sin. And uh, how does this happen? Again, by trusting in who Yeshua is, the Messiah of Israel, and what he did in offering his blood once and for all. So I'm going to close my message here with a a little prayer. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with me. And uh, it's it's a prayer. It's words. Uh, Words are powerful. uh, But there's something that has to come from the heart. And uh, at six years old, again, I had a limited understanding of what I was doing. I knew what it was. But as I grew older, obviously, I, I understood more of that decision I made. And and so you may not fully understand everything I've said in my message tonight, but you feel God prompting and tugging at your heart. You feel something going on. Maybe your heart's even beating a little rapidly right now. I want to tell you that's the presence of God, and he wants you to know that your name can be written in the book of life tonight. Even if you don't understand everything that I'm telling you tonight, that's okay, because you can grow in the understanding of that as I did, as I continued to go to that congregation and opened up the, the Tanakh, the Bible, and read and understood all of what it meant. So I'm going to lead you in this prayer. Just ask everyone to pray this with me. And they're going to invite Rabbi Michael and the team back up uh, to help lead us in the rest of our liturgy. Adonai, I confess that I have missed the mark. I have a problem with sin. And no matter how much I try to take care of that problem, It still remains. I understand that my sin separates me from you. I choose to turn from my sin today and to trust in Yeshua as my means of atonement. Through my acceptance of his sacrifice on my behalf, I know that my sins are atoned for. He paid the full penalty for my sin. I choose to give my life to you today. Help me to live it out for you with a grateful heart for the eternal life that you have given me through Yeshua the Messiah of Israel. Amen. I'm going to invite Rabbi Michael and the team to come back and to lead us in the Yom Kippur song. And again, if you are here visiting and you want to understand more about my message and the prayer we just prayed, uh, please talk to me or my husband afterwards. We'd love to sit down with you, uh, take you out for a cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee, but I, I like juice and hot chocolate as it's getting a little cooler. Um, we'll sit down and talk and look at the Hebrew scriptures with you. And, and again, we invite everyone to join us tomorrow morning at 1045, 3 o'clock in the afternoon for our Mincha service. And tomorrow night at 630, we have a Nila service. And the congregation is providing a meal to break the fast, which you are invited to join us for as well.